Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 22 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're continuing to look into verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, last time, we were looking at the Greek word translated as tormented, which is basiniso, Strong's number 928. And we saw that it's translated as tossed um, concerning the waves in Matthew 14.24. It's translated as toiling in rowing upon the waves in Mark 6.48. It, it was translated as vexed in 2 Peter 2.8 regarding... Lot's soul that was vexed day by day by their unlawful deeds of the wicked around him. And it was translated, we didn't look here, but as pained. Let me turn there in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12 and verse 2. Speaking of the woman who brings forth the man-child, it says, And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pained, to be delivered. And it's translated several times as tormented. And one place especially that helps us understand God's usage of this word is Revelation 11, verse 10, concerning the two witnesses as they're lying dead in the street. It says, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because... These two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And uh, the people of the world are said to have been tormented by the two prophets or the two witnesses. And there's only one way of understanding that, and that is as the word of God went forth into the world over the course of the church age, it was a torment as the people of the earth heard of sin and and God's wrath upon it and judgment and and so forth and and that means that the word of God and the things that the bible teaches are a source of torment to the unsaved people and that's important because it, it says at the end of verse 10, Revelation 14, 10, that the individual who is worshiping the beast, and that's every unsaved person whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. And fire and brimstone, if we search the Bible, we find that it is not literal. That it, no one should think that, uh, as we, we read the information in the Bible, 
as we read this verse and other verses that speak of fire and brimstone, that literal fire and brimstone will come down from heaven upon the wicked in the day of judgment. It is it is not so. Uh, Psalm 11, verse 6, helps us to understand that. And, and it says there, Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. And if it just said fire and brimstone, we might think, okay, God's going to literally rain down fire and brimstone. But it says he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone. And uh, when we look at that word, it's a word that uh, means a trap, a cage, as um, a hunter would lay a snare in the forest to catch some sort of animal. And it really is completely out of place, it seems, as God is speaking of the day of wrath, the day of judgment, everything else, fire, brimstone, horrible tempest, the portion of the wicked's cup. We, we understand why snares? Well, because Luke 21 explains as a snare shall judgment day come upon all the inhabitants of the earth. And we fully understand what God means by that since he brought to pass a spiritual judgment and, and a spiritual judgment is an invisible judgment unseen by the naked eye. You can't see something in the spiritual realm because it's invisible. And, and God shut the door of heaven, which was an invisible act of wrath. No one ever saw when the door was open. No one ever sees it now when it's shut. God put out the light of the gospel. And uh, the world never saw that light when it was shining. And and therefore, they cannot see it now that it is darkened. It, it's, uh, it's a snare because the world is acting as if all is well, all's continuing uh, as things have always continued. It, it's just another day, nothing different. And yet, the truth is, it's there's a huge difference from May 20, 2011 to May 21, 2011, it, it began the day of judgment. And so the Lord rained down snares along with the fire and brimstone, which began to be poured out by God as the fire and brimstone expresses his furious rage at mankind's sins. And now it's time to punish man which is being done spiritually, and and those without spiritual eyes to see, well, we should not be surprised. They do not see the the punishment. They do not see the wrath of God. It, it's God's people who are given eyes to see these things because the Bible is proclaiming it, the Bible's teaching it, and God's people see with the eyes of faith the things of God that God writes to them in the Bible. Now, when when we look up fire and brimstone, we read in Isaiah chapter 30, Isaiah 30, verse 33, and this verse um, really expresses it well. It says, and it's the last verse of Isaiah chapter 30, For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared. 
He has made it deep and large. The pile thereof is fire and much wood. The breath of Jehovah, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. Now, why is this verse so helpful in um, defining fire and brimstone, in helping us to understand what is in view by fire and brimstone? It mentions the breath of Jehovah. And remember, the Bible is inspired by God. All scripture, we read in 2 Timothy 3.16, is given by inspiration of God. And when we look closely at the, the Greek word translated as inspiration in the English, we see it's a compound word that is made up of two Greek words that mean God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And so in Isaiah thirty thirty three, the breath of Jehovah, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. And the breath of Jehovah reminds us of the scripture that comes forth from the mouth of God. And when we speak, we're, we're breathing out words in a sense. God's word is God breathe. And in that word is the information that says that May 21, 2011 was the day of judgment. We, we got that from the Bible. In the word of God, the Bible, we find the timeline, the biblical calendar of history that, that presents information that reveals the uh, church age period of 1955 years, the end of the church age, May 21, 1988, and the 23-year Great Tribulation period. From the Bible, we we get the verse that says immediately after the tribulation, which would have concluded on May 21, 2011, the sun is darkened and the moon does not give its light and the stars fall from heaven. In other words, the light of the gospel goes out across the face of the earth. These things are God-breathed, and many other things from the Bible are indicating, confirming, and and uh, reaffirming that judgment day has come, that the light of the gospel is out, that God has ended and completed his salvation program, and They're coming forth from the word of God like a breath of brimstone. Now, we also read in Revelation back in chapter 9, and we spent some time discussing this when we went through Revelation 9. Revelation 9 is a chapter that is describing Judgment Day uh, from the very beginning. It says, for instance, in verse 2, of Revelation chapter 9, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So we find the sun is darkened, just just as Matthew twenty four twenty nine says, immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. And, and that locks in the period of time God is uh, discussing 
as the time after the tribulation, what comes after the tribulation, judgment day. And then we read um, in Revelation 9, there is a series of illustrations that God gives of his people being utilized by him in the day of judgment. They're, they're seen as locusts that go forth, um, and they're also seen as a, a great army on horseback. It says in Revelation 9, beginning in verse 16, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, that's 200 million, and I heard the number of them. And the 200 million are, in all likelihood, all those that God has saved. They represent the whole company of the elect. It, it may be an actual number of those that God has saved throughout time. And since he has now completed his salvation plan, saved everyone whose name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, well, this becomes a source and a means of judgment on the world. And and because God has saved the elect, he's able to um, to end his salvation program, which is, is the instrument of judgment. Then it says in verse 17, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. Now obviously, that's not literal fire and brimstone that is being referred to it's coming forth from the believers, the 200 million who have the breastplate of fire and brimstone and jacinth because Christ is um, the breastplate. He is our righteousness. And often the breastplate points to righteousness in the Bible. But in this case, Christ is the judge. And, and, and so the believers are taking that characteristic to themselves, were identified with fire and brimstone. The the horses that have the heads of lions and out of their mouth issue the, the fire, smoke, and brimstone are identified with Christ the judge. It is God's people that uh, that are going forth with him the Bible says of the saints, Know ye not that ye shall judge the world? And Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints. He is judging the world. We are judging the world with him through the word of God. The Bible is is bringing forth the fire and brimstone through the inspired word that is God-breathed. God is breathing forth his furious wrath through the pages of the Bible, and he commands his people in Jeremiah chapter 50, in Revelation chapter 10, thou must prophesy again. And and when we do, the word of God, which is as honey 
in our mouth. It, it, it's bitter in our belly because there is no more salvation. And God's people are bringing a message in which there is no more mercy of God that is available to those that are still in their sins. Well, this um, helps us to understand what it says here in Revelation 14.10, that the sinner shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. The word of God, the teaching of the Bible, when when men come um, to a child of God or, or uh, when men come to the Bible, actually, I think it's better put, because a child of God may may not fully understand these things uh, all that well. Uh, in some instances, it's possible they're they're confused. But when they come to the Bible and and there's a seeking of God, as God had said in the day of salvation, uh, seek the Lord while He may be found. And so people have been conditioned and trained to go to the Bible to seek God. That's what they've heard. There's salvation there. And, and that has been the case for thousands of years. In century after century, the Bible has brought salvation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And people, um, naturally misidentified that along with the churches and, and they, they thought they were seeking God by going into church, but God cut off that avenue in in the time of the Great Tribulation when judgment began at the house of God. Yet, he still permitted men to seek him through his word outside of the churches and congregations during the second half of the Great Tribulation when he was saving a great multitude of people. But now, God has ended that possibility also, but people will still go to the Bible. They will still seek God in some form or fashion, and and they will seek him according to their own understanding and their own terms. And and yet, the, um, the Bible is indicating he will not be found. That's what it also said in Revelation 9. In Revelation 9, um, it says in verse 6, And in those days, and, and that's referring to those days after the tribulation, shall men seek death. Uh, they will seek to identify with the death of Christ and shall not find it and shall desire to die that is, to die in Christ in salvation, and death shall flee from them. God's salvation will uh, not be able to be found. It, it will resist the, the searcher. God will in no way open up the door when people come knocking on the door in the time of his judgment, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, and it was entirely possible in time past for a sinner to come knocking to the door, that is, to read the Bible, to pray to God, and, of course, 
They didn't have to be sincere themselves. If they were one of God's elect, God God would have uh, dealt with them according to his salvation program. And if they were not, well, they would not have been saved then either. But but the Bible now is resisting all in their sin who come to the door. And and the, the reply is, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Or the question is asked, from whence come ye? Because I have brought in the first fruits and now I've gathered the, the final fruits during, uh, the season of the great tribulation. I've saved all of mine elect. So from whence come ye? Uh, who, who are you? In other words, how do you fit into, um, my salvation program when I had these two periods for the New Testament age and these periods have elapsed and expired? And there is no more salvation. And so the books are open. And and God very just, very diligently searches the Lamb's book of life. I find your your name not recorded here. And, and therefore, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And that is the Bible's response to the seeker today, to anyone that is going to God with any sort of expectation for salvation. And, uh, of course, the, this is a, a sorrowful thing for the true believers, since we uh, were so blessed and, and we enjoyed so much the role, the task that the Lord had given us in time past of being a messenger of the word of God, a messenger of the gospel of grace and and going into the world with the gospel. Uh, you know, there there are many people that now believe, because they're God's elect and they now believe salvation is over. And these people were some people that were on the caravan that, that, uh, gave up of their lives to go forth with the gospel uh, in a daily way, or they went overseas on mission trips. I know people that were very, very active and loved sharing the gospel, the the gospel tracks of Does God Love You or, or some of the other tracks that were out there encouraging people and beseeching people to cry out for mercy while... God might grant mercy and and these people uh they they haven't suddenly grown cold and hard-hearted overnight it, it's not as if they wouldn't desire and long for a return to the day of salvation it's not as if they they wouldn't welcome the opportunity to once again have hope and expectation that God was actively saving Maybe people in their own family, maybe their own children, and and yet the the child of God knows that can't be. The time is past. The only hope the Bible allows is perhaps if God saved an individual outside of the church before He shut the door, and and sometimes we we look at our family members and friends and we see no movement towards Him. And, and we're very, uh, saddened 
Uh, we are grieved in heart that this is the case, but we cannot change the gospel. If God is breathing forth fire and brimstone, then how dare any man, any um, a servant of God, any doorkeeper whose task it is to to do what the master, what the Lord commands is to be done. And we might have greatly relished the thought of flinging the door wide open as God saved the great multitude out of the great tribulation. I know I really uh, love that idea, even as people fought against that and said, I don't see any great multitude. Where are they? God only saves a little bit of people, a remnant at a time. You're you're all wrong in thinking God will save a great multitude. Well, the Bible stood firm, and, and God's people stood firm. Oh, no, the Bible says it. This is the time of the Great Tribulation. Look at Revelation 7, uh, from every tongue and nation and people, a great multitude that cannot be numbered, and we held the door wide open because the Bible insisted upon it regardless of the naysayers. No, no, we know God's saving a great multitude. We can't see them. We can't count them. We don't know who they are. And there, no matter what the truth of the Bible is, you're always going to find people that are critics that are adversaries to that truth. And and there were critics then, and certainly there are critics now, when the same people that loved and and so um, enjoyed and were happy to hold the door wide open are now telling people it is shut because it's coming forth from the same book, the Bible, the same Lord who said, at, at that one time, he was saving a great multitude. Now is declaring that he has ended his salvation program. And God's people are not the determiners of the gospel. We're not the determiners of times and seasons. We're not the determiners of when God saves, of who he saves. It is his plan of salvation We are lowly, humble servants that do as we are bidded to do. That is our duty and responsibility, to obey God and to obey his word. And we dare not stand in the way of what he wills. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.